Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, locally here on Grace FM, and all you guys that are joining us from around the country, even around the world. We count it a great privilege to be a big part, well, I said that backwards, a small part of the big work that God is doing in your life. And we're grateful. We are very grateful, uh, all of us on our team, both um, the staff that works at Grace FM, the many, many volunteers, the Bible teachers, uh, the other hosts of of. Calvary Live, because that is the show that you're tuned into. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, and the number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text me, 720-336-0897. Those numbers work anywhere around the country. Just dial them up and connect with our screener and we'll get you on the air that's the best way really you it's fine if you text me um, i fill in the time from you know waiting for calls i'll fill in the time with the text uh however i'd much rather i'd much rather talk uh i'd much rather um have a dialogue about what's on your mind as i answer the question or pray with you or whatever the lord is uh, doing in your life. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. All right, straight to Longmont, Colorado today. Justin is on the air. Justin, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Uh, question about Proverbs twenty four eleven through 12. All right, let's see what it says. Okay. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling, stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? That's a great proverb. I think they're really, I think they have them together in my, uh, in, in my, text, but I, they might be better looking at separate. Um, you know, the the reality of, let's take the second part first. Well, is that your question, or do you have a comment on it first? How about that? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my question, just kind of expounding a little on that and kind of like current okay. day application. Yeah, I think that the the emphasis upon Proverbs 24, 11, and 12 is our ability to see what's happening around us. Uh, this phrase drawn unto death could be someone that's in danger, you know, in a very real way, like a train coming or a car, you know, going to get hit by a car or something like that. Um, but also, I believe it has a spiritual impl- implication 
uh, the the idea of being drawn unto death spiritually, and then and then there's going to come a day when we give account for that. Verse twelve, and if we did not deliver them, if we did not act on their behalf, how can what excuse do we have? There's no excuse. You knew it. You didn't do anything about it, and you'll receive the the due penalty for your in a, your unwillingness to act on what you saw. You know, and I think there's some applications. We we talk about being good Christians, but we do nothing for the poor. We talk about loving God, but we do nothing to stand for justice in the midst of injustice. Uh, we say that we love God, but we don't give of our finances. We don't give of our time. We And then when we're called upon it, you know, just in a simple way, hey, what's going on? Well, you know, I didn't know, and I didn't... All these excuses... The Proverbs just saying, look, what you see, act on it, because there's going to be no excuse when you stand before your judge. Cool. Excellent. Right on. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. And I, I kind of had a question, too, is kind of how you were saying it relating to spiritual. Could could you, um, whenever I read it, I always just kind of see it in the light of, like, evangelism and, like, sharing the gospel with, like, non-believers. Um, do you kind of see it in that way, too? Yes, very much so. I do see it that way. I think, I think this the implications of salvation as well. You know, the reality of 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 us standing in the gap for um, for those that are hurting, those that are on their way to hell, those that are living for themselves. I mean, it has great implication. Yes, for sure. Right on. Okay. um, I guess just. I guess just, like, prayers for, like, unbelievers and, like, I don't know, maybe some in my life currently, like um, yeah. my my Uncle Mike and just some friends of mine. Okay. Father, I pray right now for the unbelievers that are surrounding us and that have, you know, are all around um, my friend in Longmont, Justin, and, on, and around me and the opportunities that we get to talk. And, Lord, I pray that we would be good listeners— that we would have ears to hear what your Spirit is saying and doing in our contacts uh, with those that are in our lives. Uh, we, we truly want to honor you. We want to um, be used by you. We want to grow in your grace, and we want to see our friends and family come to a saving knowledge in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. 303. Six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand. I did get a text. I want to thank you that text that we sent out a notification on our app and had the wrong number listed for the text line. So if you're texting to the wrong number, I'm sorry. We'll fix it the next time we send a text out. It's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Here's a great um, question: When did the new covenant begin? At the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can debate on whether it was at the death of Jesus or his resurrection. I tend to lean toward that being one unit, but truly, it's by his death that by his shed blood that we are now forgiven through his finished work. And then, of, and, and of course, on the cross, Jesus declares it's, it is finished. Uh, but the new covenant began at the death of Jesus Christ. Now, 
putting them together, you know, the resurrection is the proof. Uh, it's the unit, but there are two separate events, of course, death, burial, resurrection, three separate events. Um, but the new covenant begins at the death of Jesus, his shed blood. 303-690-3000. So good to have full lines. Jesse in Aurora, line one, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed, how are you? Good, how are you? Great. First, I want to say thank you for your determination and not being disqualified in your race as a man and as a follower of Christ. It's very encouraging. Um, secondly, I uh, I believe I'm coming towards or close to the end of a, a really, really difficult season in my life. And okay. last month, I really felt the Lord leading me to take take a rest, to heal. And uh, okay. the word that kept coming up was sabbatical. It had a lot of meaning as I did a word search on it. And so... After mm-hmm. some time of prayer, I have started a sabbatical from work. Uh, I own a business uh, yes. starting July 1st through the end of December of this year. And so the last three weeks, uh, as I've gone from very hectic, constant busy to slowing extremely way down, I've been, I, I guess what I'm looking for for you maybe is some guidance or some literature that I could pull from on maybe what this time should look like, um, sensitivity to the Lord on what rest looks like. Um, I don't want to just be sitting on the couch, but I also know um, healing doesn't come from activity. Healing comes from rest, and rest is is, is non-activity-based. And so I'm just kind of trying to figure out what that means right now. And I was just wondering if you had maybe some Scripture references or something that I could dig deeper on for guidance. Well, it's a great question. You know, the movement of churches we're a part of uh, really never taught or emphasized a sabbatical type of thinking. Uh, even as a pastor, I've always encouraged the guys here, myself included, to take rests along the way and to have real meaningful rests along the way so that when you add them all up, they become a sabbatical. But lately, uh, there has been a, a greater emphasis on sabbatical. So I say all that to say that I I'm, I don't know, number one. So I'm just going to talk out loud of things that I would think uh, would be very beneficial. For example, when I take an extended vacation, you know, week, week and a half, one of the things that I do uh, is I unplug from everything. And I mean literally unplug. That means nobody can get a hold of me. I am absolutely 100% nobody, with the exception of my family, but usually my family's with me, so they don't need to do that. But I mean, I unplug from all the electronic gadgets that would put me in contact. That includes text, email, the phone numbers that are attached to my phone, um, you know, the ability to, you know, Amber Alerts and a thousand different things, the beeping notifications of my phone, reading the news, all of that, I, I, un, I unplug. And so perhaps beginning to pray about in your life, what does unplug mean to you? What would be most beneficial for you? And I was talking to a friend of mine, he, he a Calvary Chapel pastor recently that took an extended uh, sabbatical, and he told me that it took him almost two weeks just to slow down enough to ha- actually ask this question that you're asking. Like, he was so wound up. And he's not typically a wound up guy, but ministry will do that to you. Owning a business is a very similar stress-filled, you live with it day and night, 24-7 in many ways, uh, that you just need to unwind and and maybe praying, number one, about unplug. Number two, there's nothing wrong with sitting on the couch all day. Um, you know, I know it, it sounds counterproductive, but 
Uh, and it's so not what your normal is, um, but there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, you have been given a gift of time and slowing your mind down, uh, doing nothing, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, it, sound, it almost, you probably start feeling guilty, you know, with that, the personality you probably have as a business owner, maybe an entrepreneur, you like, you'll probably start feeling guilty sitting on the couch, but there's no need to feel guilty. God has gifted you with this time of rest. Um, and then start to do things you enjoy. Like if you like riding a bike, get out on your bike. If you want to go up to the mountains, go to the mountains. You want to take your wife out to dinner every night, go to dinner. Uh, you, you know, begin to look at what does enjoyment look like? Because the Bible says that God has given us all things richly to enjoy. And of course, uh, and I know you're not thinking this, but for anyone listening, like it's not sinful enjoyment, but those things that bring pleasure that you don't get a chance to do when you're running around all the time, you know, you don't get a chance to do when your mind, you know, you could be, um, physically in your home, but mentally it works still. And so you don't have to worry about that. Like you, you really get a chance to, to rest. And I know what I would do. Um, I would read and I, on vacation. So I kind of, the closest I could get to sabbatical would be a vacation on vacation. I do read ministry books um, but I also read fiction or biographies or things that would, um, you know, I like, um, I forget that author. Obviously, I don't read him all that often, but he writes like legal um, novels uh, and follows different attorneys and stuff and 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 just things that I can escape. Um, I also like reading about Walt Disney. I just enjoy um, his creativity, his perseverance the fact that he wasn't a perfect man, all of that. So, like, what do you enjoy? And then go pursue it. Um, pursue it because the assumption is is that this rest is already in the Lord. Like, you have your, this is going to free you up to have a more regular devotional life. And I don't mean the event, right? Because when we're working hard, got to be in the office, devotions and prayer become an event. But I don't believe God ever intended them to be an event, I believe God intended our devotional life to be just that, the emphasis on life that is a life of devotion and and just really enjoying having to do nothing and and maybe a discipline too to 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 dismiss any thoughts you have about your business. Like when they come just say I don't want to no, no Lord, take this away please. I I I I love my business, I love my employees, I love providing for my family. But this season is a gift you gave me. And just begin to thank him for that gift. Begin to worship him for that gift. And I believe with even all these suggestions or thoughts, the Holy Spirit will start to lead you and give you direction on how to fill time. But even then, fill, you, your, your sabbatical could become like a, a whole thing of work. Like you feel like you have to do something. You have to fill it. And um, you don't. You can do whatever you want. Excellent. Thank you for and that. We're all really jealous of you. Yeah, we're all <laughs> jealous of you. Like we all want to sit okay. on the couch with you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Pastor Ed. It means a lot. You're welcome. Call in the next couple of weeks, and then you're going to have some suggestions. You'll probably also have some things that didn't work, and I bet you there's people listening that would love to hear feedback in the next few weeks of how God's been using this time till December. Sure. I'll do that. Okay. Thanks, brother. Thanks. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. It's such a great model. I hope you guys listening in. This is a great model to learn how to rest. 
But even rest can be a a work. You know, I think of John 15, just learning what it means to abide. And, and instead of like doing an exegetical study of John 15, you just sit there and you begin to say, Lord, what does this mean? What does abide in you mean? What does it mean to trust you? What does it mean to stay put? What does it mean to bear fruit? Just God lead me and guide me and minister to me and strengthen me and help me. And it's so good. It's so encouraging. 303-690-3000. Where are we? Wiggins, Colorado. Linda, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, as is our practice, my husband and I, once a month, will drive to Denver 60 miles, have our favorite Greek food, and then come to Calvary Chapel for church. Last Sunday, or last Saturday, sorry, it was Saturday. Uh, Last Saturday we went um, to church, and you weren't there. And it was going to be a guest speaker, Tony Clark. And I I told my husband, oh, no, I wanted to hear Pastor Ed tonight, and I was all bummed out. And I even said, well, maybe we should just leave and come back next month, you know, and and when Pastor Tony started speaking, I mean, the man stepped on my toes, he stomped on all of them, then he turned around and stomped on them again, and it was fantastic. That man, I think he was preaching just to me, you know, when he said mm-hmm. there's something, someone here in the audience tonight uh, fighting unforgiveness, I thought all the spotlights are going to turn on me, and they're going to say, it's you, it's you. But he's amazing, and I have been on your site and the Calvary Church site to try to get that message again so I could watch it again, because it was just so powerful. Um, do you, Are you going to put it up? We are going to put it up. The brother that typically does that is also away getting some rest, so I think he comes oh. back this week or maybe okay. early next week, and we'll get all the studies uh, posted. If you go, I, I think... I think it might be, maybe not Saturday nights, but Sunday's message is up on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, because it automatically gets posted. Um, oh, It'll be okay. unedited until we get it on our website. But if you want, if you go, if you put in YouTube, uh, Ed Taylor, Calvary or something, it'll pop up our channel. And I bet you, uh, I know it's there. I know a version of it's there because I listen to the study from YouTube myself. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, he was just... Um amazing so uh i wanted to tell you thank you for for having him come and fill in for you and but i do have a question and it's okay. kind of a goofy a goofy question but i've always wondered this okay. um when i talk to my christian friends sometimes i get goosebumps when they say something about what the lord or the holy spirit has done and and then sometimes we both will have goosebumps you know because I don't know what that is. What causes that? Is that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit in me connecting with the Spirit in them? Or what is that about? You know, I, I don't think it's a spiritual experience as much as it is a physiological experience. Like you, I'm sure there's probably excitement and, you know, endorphins that are shooting off in your body that's causing your body to react that way. But it definitely huh. is a response to, it is a response to the, goodness and the greatness of God, that's for sure. But I don't believe like it's the spirit of God, uh, the, your spirit bearing witness with his spirit, you know, cause they do they're, they're in the Pentecostal world. They do call that Holy ghost goosebumps. 
Um, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There is a phrase for that. I, uh, but I, I mean, I definitely believe it's connected to what you're talking about. It's very encouraging. But I, you know, we get goosebumps for a lot of different reasons when we get scared, when we get excited. And I think yeah. I don't know the facts. I'm sure doctors are listening right now. But um, when uh, when you you when you have uh, a response and it there's a there's something going on in your body that says man this is just amazing this is eerie if you will encouraging probably how you felt with pastor tony you know he's he's a good friend yeah. of mine and the lord <laughs> uses him and definitely god is speaking beyond just the surface and that's that's something that's real encouraging about that he's speaking beyond what surface getting to the root of the matter and giving you something especially with goosebumps giving you something to remember and mark it by. Mm, That's a yeah. gift from God as well. Well, it, Pastor Tony was a powerful experience, and um, I, I hope to hear him again sometime. Not uh, at I'm six, definitely going to pass this on gone. to him. <laughs> well, it's great. You know, it's I, I was telling the church as they're opening up uh, opportunities again, I was in Oregon teaching at a conference, and then I went to Seattle, and then I went to Washington. So I had a full week of of ministry that whole week. And, and it is good. You know, uh, one of the things that, that I noticed looking back is that, uh, for co when, during the pandemic, I was here every weekend. Like I, I don't remember being gone one weekend, which is, wow. I, that, I, it's never happened because even in the early days when we were planning the church and it was much smaller, we still went back to California because everybody was homesick. So like I was, yeah. I, I would miss a Sunday or two, even in the early days to get my family back to California to see family. And, um, uh-huh. yeah, it was, it, it, so it's good to be away. It's good to be back. Good to be away. I'm back this weekend and, uh, hopefully the next time you drive out, I'll be here. I hope so, too. Um, And speaking of church planting, have you ever thought about planting a church in Morgan County around Fort Morgan? There is a church in Fort Morgan. There is a Calvary. Um, Well, there's one listed in Wiggins, but I know that man, and he lives in Texas now. Huh. Okay. What is it? Tell me. Tell me. Let me see here. Let me just look at what I have here. Fort Morgan. Oh, Mike McCombs. Okay, definitely not that. Yeah. That's not who I was That's, thinking of. Yeah, well, Mike okay. McCombs now lives in Texas, and his father is dying of COVID. Oh. And he's in hospice as we speak, so if you would... Um, Let's pray for him. To pray for him. Yeah. Thank Let you. me... Um, I wonder what I was thinking of. Maybe I was Fort something. Let me just look real quick here and see outposts. Fort Lupton. That's what I was thinking of. Fort Lupton. Um, But no, I haven't uh, thought of that. We have been praying uh, as a church about satellite campuses um, and with the the intent of expanding the, because we used to do satellite campuses and then we set it aside for a while and now it's back as something we're praying about. So I will pray not only for that, but also for a church planter. Um, and, And we will pray together for what God wants to do in that region. Um, and my heart is definitely to see cities filled with solid Bible teaching churches. So mm-hmm. let's pray. Okay. Father, we do pray right now for Mike McCombs' dad uh, and the the reality of, of the fear of his sickness with COVID and all the complications that come with that, God. It's um, 
it's just a really scary time. We pray for your strength and healing upon his body and strength in his family. And we pray for the area of Wiggins and Fort Morgan. Um, you know the need of a solid Bible teaching, spirit-filled uh, Calvary Chapel type ministry there. And we just pray that you would provide leadership, direction, help, um, the right people to come and minister your word in these last days. And so we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, sister. Bye-bye. Bye. 303 is the number. 303 Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, let's see where we are here. We are back to Windsor now. Larry, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Um, You're welcome. I was talking to one of my coworkers this morning, and he is telling me, or trying to tell me, about God the Mother. And he went to Genesis and brought up the scripture where it says that uh, in our image, let us create them in our image, male and female, he created them. And saying that that means that therefore there must be a mother if they're creating a female and it's in our image. So I would like a little help on how to um, talk to him about this. Well, email me a email me and I'll send you an article from uh, on this phenomenon. It's a there's a there's a real uh, growing cult, Korean cult that has put down its roots here in Colorado and that this is their teaching there's a mother god but the the conclusion and the twisting of scripture is just foolishness. Um, it's absolute 100% foolishness. Um, the, the, the text doesn't say that. The text doesn't imply that. Uh, and I don't know what else to tell a brother like that. Like, the, it, it's, just, it's just not true. Um, and it, it would be like, you know, the, uh, the flat earth. Um, it's just not true. Uh, and, you know, God is spirit, the Bible says. Uh, and he doesn't have a body. Therefore, he doesn't have a gender, as we would understand gender, in humanity. Uh, and as he has chosen to reveal himself, he's chosen to reveal himself and identify himself as a heavenly father. But never once in all the scriptures is he ever referred to or any part of the deity or the Godhead referred to as a heavenly mother. Uh, there are some sections, some scriptures where there's descriptions of God in a motherly way. But Paul described himself as a mother too uh, to, I believe it was the Corinthians. And it doesn't make him, God describes himself as an eagle. It doesn't make him an eagle. Um, and so it just, uh, it's so absurd that Larry, that it almost merits no answer. They they are not handling the text. I mean, I know it does merit an answer. I know you're going to talk to him, um, and I'll, like I said, I'll send you this article that can help you uh, to equip you. But it it's it's foolish, you know. Even well, you know, if he says this, make us in our image, and he's male, then it must make uh, he must have had a female to create that. That's just made up. He just made. They just make that up. It's, it's completely made up uh, and untrue that nowhere in the Bible does it ever say anything about God the Mother, that, that God is never referred to as a female, nor are angels indicated to be male. 
Um, As a matter but, of fact, when you bring when you bring angels into the into the picture, the Bible speaks about they don't that angels are are sexless in that sense, and they don't marry that they're they're like we don't marry in heaven because we become like the angels. We have individual autonomous lives that are no longer connected in marriage, um, which is an interesting. There's a new state. I don't think we lose our identity in that, but there's a new state of being in the presence of God. Uh, but God is spirit. Like, you, you know, that's if, if you, you know, let, let me um, let me find a reference for you real quick. You know, this is one of the ways you can lead with him. Uh, you can lead and say, OK, well, the Bible says God is spirit. How does how, how does how does God who is spirit create babies in the traditional human sense and put it back on them? Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. Uh, We, uh, uh, here in Colorado, we just had a little spot there that talked about the uniqueness of the station and we sent a word out today uh, with a goal. We have a goal to see our support, our financial support, increase by 40%. That's a prayer uh, that I am praying. Uh, we've got some some changes, you know, equipment-wise and things that we've got to do coming up. And so I'm just praying that uh, if you haven't given to Grace FM, I want to encourage you to do that. But I always want to remind you as well, if you're listening to this program on another station, support that local station uh, support hope fm or truth fm because each local station needs its own support so i'm just speaking for grace fm right now but also advocating for the stations that do carry this program uh, every little bit matters trust me every little bit matters how does starbucks become a billion dollar corporation by three dollar cup of cups of coffee every little thing matters and and collectively whether it's three dollars thirty dollars three thousand dollars whatever it all it all helps and it all is used for the glory and it all keeps worship in the word on the air so for grace fm go to gracefm.com or download the free app and just set up something recurring that would be a true blessing for us just set it up giving uh give to grace fm uh you know it keeps the bills paid it keeps the electricity on and and on and on. We, we have our fair share of warfare when it comes to radio. GraceFM.com. If you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, uh, be sure to support local your local Christian radio. Um, but if you're listening on Grace FM, which I know many of you are, um, please support us. Um, it, it, it is a blessing to know that so many of you do support us already. But we have a goal. Uh, we're not K-Love or one of these big corporations. So we're just praying and asking and seeking and knocking. Here's a great question. Uh, Pastor Tony Clark on Sunday talked about not letting the sun go down on your wrath. In a situation where you cannot bring resolution, what does that look like? If it's a person in your household, what does that look like? Um, Great question. I, I think first and foremost, it is a personal command so that the emphasis is not reconciliation, but rather you and your attitude. And to nurse a grudge, to nurse anger, to nurse bitterness, 
to nurse resentment would all be disobedient to this instruction, not letting the sun go down on your wrath. I believe it was to the Romans that Paul said, as much as depends upon you, live at peace with all men. So as much as depends upon you, live at peace. You, you, and in your heart of hearts, extend forgiveness. You can extend it personally, uh, you know, internally. You can extend it uh, verbally. Uh, but you and I, and certainly I've disobeyed this. Let's just be clear. I've disobeyed this. I'm sure you have. Uh, Marie and I get in a fight and I just don't resolve it or I'm angry or she doesn't resolve it and and she's angry and you just, you know, I go to bed angry, she goes to bed angry and we pay the consequence for it. That it's just not good. We give place to the devil when we do that. So if one of us will seek to resolve, one of us will seek to fix and pray for each other and until the other one comes around, we won't give as much place to the devil, but we certainly won't give any place to the devil in our own hearts. Um, but yeah, of course, we. there are times when things are unresolved. I mean, there's unresolved issues in my life with people right now that, you know, left the church, post nasty things on Facebook, you know, lie, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wrathful toward them. Uh, I've forgiven them and I'll continue to forgive them. We have no relationship because they won't repent. They don't change, but I'm not going to go to bed wrathful against them. But I have been upset about it for sure. Um, that's why the enemy has, that's why they're, they're tools of the enemy in my life, um, because the devil knows it stirs me up. Um, but you know, the Lord has been so good. He's been so faithful and it's over the years, he's enabled me to hide in him, to trust in him. And I can think of, um, any of those that might've taken pot shots on, on Facebook or lies or whatever. They all know where I live. They all know where I pastor most many of them served alongside of me, so they have my personal cell phone. They have my email address. None of those changed in the last fifteen years, sixteen years. Um, you know, it's on them and that, what the Lord wants to do in their life. But in my life, I'm not going to go to go to bed wrathful against them. I'm going to commit them to the Lord. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to do good to them if I can, and just you know, let it all slide off my back and keep my eyes on the Lord. And I think that's what you need to do, especially in your home. On a much smaller scale, um, you know, in your home, just trusting in Him and relying upon Him, and uh, knowing that He loves you, cares for you, uh, and you know, your heart to um, your heart to be used as a vessel of peace um, is a good thing. So it's a personal thing that you can't blame your spouse or your kids for you can't go to bed with wrath in your heart. Otherwise you will pay the price for your own sin. I hope it helped. I wish you would have called. It would have been a good dialogue to call. Um, Tim in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? You're good. I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm doing okay. Um, I think I've just been battling a lot with, um, I guess just spiritual warfare and like um, a lot with thoughts, and so it's difficult for me to go to bed, go to bed on time, and like wake up as well, like early in the morning to get ready for work. Um, so I've just been really struggling with that, and I didn't know if you had any scripture or any like advice that I can cling to to kind of help with it. Because I feel like I've tried a lot of things, and they don't seem to be helping. 
Well, a lot of what you're describing is truly just a matter of the will, isn't it? It's it's getting up when your alarm goes off. It's pressing through the the. I know I. You know, for me, I have a little bit of a the opposite. Like, uh, I'll pray for you to get up early. You pray for me to get a good night's sleep. Um, because I, even though the Bible promises that God gives his beloved rest, um, it's just been for eight years. Like, I just, my whole sleep pattern has been disrupted. And, and I've had to learn how to sleep, how to, how to navigate and function uh, with far less sleep. And, and I look to the battle, the spiritual warfare, your mind, um, I, I look, I, I actually was looking at something. I know this isn't a spiritual solution, but I was looking at something recently, um, in, um, in Washington, when I was with a the family there, I talked about sleep and everything. And they recommended one of the recommendations they gave to get a good night's sleep was to put uh, lavender oil, you know, under your nose or something on your, above your lip or, and I haven't tried it yet, but, but I, I want to step out and even the practical things so that I can meet with practical things, the spiritual reality. And maybe there's a spiritual reality of just trusting in the Lord, um, of spiritual reality of you applying, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, make my request be made known to God with thanksgiving. And, and you know, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. And um, But you know what, Tim? It's just you got to plow through this hard season and and do you 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 will make it worse if you lose your job, right? Yeah. It won't be it'll just be harder and so the good news is the good news is and what I found in chal- challenging times in my life, things that I don't control. Um many times it's hard to control my emotions, it's hard to control my feelings, it's hard to control what other people do to me, say to me, whatever. But there are things I can control. And I want to be able to be faithful in those areas. Uh, I want to be faithful. I got I picked this principle up from uh, a book, a great little resource on on pain um, by Elizabeth Elliot, uh, and it is called uh, the I think the one suffering is never for nothing. And I believe that's the resource that I picked this up. But Elizabeth Elliot. Um, she gave an insight and she said that in difficult times, in grief, that's the reason I was reading it, but also just difficult times, we need to learn the habit of doing the next thing. And that includes like doing the dishes, doing the laundry, um, cleaning up after yourself, getting up and going to work on time and plowing through the difficult times. Because here's the good news. The good news is, is that this is going to pass. It it will get better. It is hard. It is challenging. It is overwhelming. But we learn how to navigate through life in the good times and in the bad. And God is with you. And, you know, set on a practical level, set an alarm and get up. Don't snooze it. Don't throw your phone across the room. Um, Get up. Even if you're only one eye open, jump into the shower create some really strong routines or or habits so that your even your muscle memory of life will take over when you want to quit mm. because it's a real feeling you know i we kind of assessing everything oh you know it'd just be better if i stayed home today no it no. wouldn't be better if you stayed home today um it would be better if you were faithful in the areas that God has allowed you to be a part of. 
Um, but you feel like it and you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go to work. Well, geez, that's all of us sometimes, isn't it? Like, like it's like, I just want some rest. Kind of like the guy that called earlier, you know, taking rest and sabbatical. And, um, but part of this is it is, a, an opportunity for you to step up to a place of, of obedience and sacrifice and perseverance. And the Lord will meet you there. I, w- I was just putting a study together. And here's the good news. I, just, I was putting a study together. And one of my favorite passages is in Philippians. Uh, and listen to the good news here. It says, um, both to will and to do. So let me find this. It's in Philippians. Um, I got a new Bible. And what they did, they moved everything. So now I can't find anything as easy as I used to. Uh, in Philippians 3, let's see here. It's like God is, right? I think it's, I'll, I'll give it to you by my memory. It says God um, is working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So you're not even on your own as you start thinking about why, well, you know, it's hard for me to have habits and it's, no, God is already working in you uh, both to will. That's the desire. So he's already working in you. That's why you're calling right now, asking for prayer, asking for help, because God's working in you the will, but he's also giving you the power to follow through with what he has given you the desire to do. So he works both ends of it. He, he works to give you new desires, and he also works to give you the strength to obey him. And that's encouraging, because I, I know how many times, you know, I haven't wanted to do something, but the Lord has given me the strength to, to do it. And that, for that, I'm grateful. So let me pray for you. And Father, I pray for my brother Tim as he just is battling and wrestling in this area of his life. Um, it's been super challenging, super hard. And I pray that you'd give him the strength and the tenacity and the ability to set a new habit of just getting up and pressing on with a difficult day. Get up and take take every thought, like your word says, every thought unto captivity to the obedience of Christ, that you would strengthen him and encourage him and help him and grow him and minister your love and grace into his life. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's the scripture, Tim. Keegan just texted me. Um, Here's the scripture. Because I was scrolling up and I didn't go far enough. Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining, disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ and that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Mm. So Tim, can I ask you a hard question? Yeah. You're not having suicidal thoughts, are you? No. Okay, good. I think just because sometimes kind of feeling like falling apart, I guess. Yeah. But not not suicide. 
Okay, good. Because, you know, hopelessness leads you down that path. Like you look at all your options. You're not sleeping well. You're also not waking up on time. You're, 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 you're looking at your life and you're thinking, you know, even beating yourself up. Like, I should be doing this. What kind of person am I? I should be. And, you know, it's true. There, there, this is an area of your life that you should master by now. But God has just revealed a weakness in your life so that he might make his strength perfect. That's all it is. And, mm. you know, I know our, our culture doesn't value weakness. It doesn't value even the place that you're in right now. You know, it's like, oh, look at you, Tim. What kind of Christian are you? What, you know, look at you, Tim. And maybe you even have friends, like, might say dumb things like that. But here's the deal. You're a normal man going through normal emotions, and you're in a spiritual battle. And the beautiful thing about that, as hard as it is, is that God is with you. God is for you. And you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And the victory is yours because Jesus always leads us in victory and triumph by faith. Hmm. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome, brother. Stay in touch. I will. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I'm so, so glad uh, that that's not where his thoughts are taking him, but maybe you... Uh, today are you know going through a similar just feeling like and and let's not minimize I, I shared this last night I don't know if it was in my introductory remarks or if it was actually in my bible study that I was teaching but I, I I did share last night like we're we are just now finding out how bad um how bad the pandemic restrictions has been on our psyche and our mental health and I don't mean this like just because it's the popular topic now in our culture. We've always had issues with mental health. I know the world's kind of jumping on it, but really the world's way behind because we've had mental health issues from the Garden of Eden. And we should learn how to be loving and caring and compassionate, not only with those with broken thumbs, but also those with broken brains. But we are seeing a heightened, uh, and what's triggered this was what Tim said um, in my mind. What triggered it was you know just feeling like things are out of sorts, out of whack, uh, you know, out of control. Um, yeah, Co- whatever was happening before COVID, it made it worse, so much worse, so much more challenging, and it has weakened us, and we're not used to being weak. We're used to being strong, but the Lord is working in us and reminding us that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. I I remember, you know, what's my job? You know what my job is? I get to work for God at the church. I'm a pastor teacher. I've been doing it full time now, receiving a salary from Calvary Chapel Aurora now for 20 20 of the 21 years almost almost 20 years from this church. And so my job is to get up, go to the office, get up, go teach Bible study, go up, get, go to an appointment. And after my son passed away, I wasn't really like this before, but after my son passed away, I, I cannot tell you, I did not count how many times I did not want to go to the office. I did not want to go to another meeting. I did not want to go to another Bible study. I did not want to go and teach. I did not want to go and 
worship and counsel and disciple. Um, and except for the early, earlier days where I took some time off with Marie and the kids, um, I don't recall, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't recall a time, and I'm sure it did happen, uh, where I called out sick, you know, because I just couldn't go in or didn't want to go in. Which, by the way, is not necessarily a bad thing. You have sick days. You can use them as mental health days. Like, if you need time to go to the mountains and clear your head, then do it. Do it. That I mean, I'm sure you have PTO days or sick days. Go clear your head. Seek the Lord. Pray. Take a bottle of water. You know, fast and pray if you need to. Um, but now, eight years later, I mean, I still get that way sometimes. But the Lord is so gracious to me. Like it, I just, I'm learning endurance. And, and I was thinking of this, uh, this word came up again in our Bible study last night, but remember in Hebrews, he says, you have need of endurance. You have need of hupomone. Um, that's what you need. You need to persevere through this time because it'll pass. Yeah. Maybe another one will come, um, but it'll pass. And that hupomone is a spiritual work of the Holy Spirit to help you, uh, get through the difficulty, to endure it, to withstand it. To press through it, Hebrews 10.36, you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, it is God's will for you to go to work and provide for the needs of your family. It's God's will for you to go to work and be available by the Holy Spirit to your coworkers. It's God's will. I mean, some of you are you know, doctors. We need you to bring healing. Some of you are ambulance drivers. Some of you, like you, wherever, whatever you do, you're doing the will of God. And after that, you can receive the promise. And so, Tim, and you guys listening, it's God's will for you to just press through. I know it's hard, but press through. Um, so hard. Well, here's a text that came in uh, right now. It says, I'm wrestling with my thoughts and grief, greatly troubled. Uh, during the circumstance I found myself in about six months ago, I pull a book out my husband got for me. It's called God's Help for the Troubled Heart by Ed Taylor and God's blessing others through your trial and he'll continue to do so as others move from grief to grace so thank you for sending that um, you know that book was born out of grief uh, it, it is not a resource about grief it's a resource about the faithfulness of God um, but you know a lot of warfare surrounding that book a lot of n stupid sinful nonsense behind the scenes on that book uh, but the Lord's using it. You're right. And there's no one more shocked uh, that God's using it than me. Uh, but not so much because it's all about the Lord and his faithfulness and it's story after story. It's really a series of Bible studies. So thank you for encouraging me. Uh, it is encouraging and uh, it is great. The Lord is so faithful and I'm glad it's ministering to you. And I wrestle with the thoughts every day. I mean, it's the way it is, but the Lord's faithful. Here's a great question that's off topic. Um, it's okay, because any topic goes. Haven't heard sermons from Pastor Gino Geraci in quite some time. Where is he at these days? Pastor Gino still hosts. He's hosting right now on a, another station here in Denver, uh, 94.7. Uh, he has a call-in show just like this one. He, as a matter of fact, Gino is the one that taught me how to uh, do live radio. Uh, so he still hosts two hours a day from 4 to 6 on uh, 94.7. So he's doing that every day. He also has started a ministry. So he has handed over 
the ministry at Calvary South Denver to his son, Jonathan Dracy and Carolyn. They were doing an amazing job. So you now hear Pastor Jonathan teaching in that time slot. And the church is thriving and growing, and Pastor Gino's thriving and growing. And one of the things that Gino's doing that he hadn't done in years and years and years is teaching at conferences, because this guy was born for that. I mean, he was a great pastor. He is a great pastor, and talk about him in the past tense. He is a great pastor, loves people, loves the church, phenomenal Bible teacher, super intelligent. Um, But you know what he really thrives at? Teaching at conferences. This guy, and again, I watch him and learn from him myself. He's able to capture an audience attention and he has tools I don't have. Like he can do voices and impersonations and stuff, um, but he can grab an audience's boom attention just like that and begin to teach and exposit the text. Amazing, amazing, amazing. He's doing great. I just saw him maybe three weeks ago. I was cross town at Calvary South Denver for a meeting and he was there in the parking lot and we talked a little bit. He's happy, smiling. He's enjoying this new season of his life. He did it right. You know, our little family of churches, Calvary Chapel, haven't done transition very well, uh, but Gino and Jonathan did it very well, exceptionally well. They are a model uh, for doing it right. One thing that Gino didn't do on the way out is blow up the church, as I've seen some some pastors do, because they don't like it. Uh, It's hard for them, Uh, and Gino didn't do that. He made it very easy. He and Mary, uh, he was the cheerleader for the transition and and they're thriving. They're both thriving. So great question. Great question. I'm going to pray for Amy. Got a prayer request here. Uh, Amy, she is headed to the hospital with severe heart problems. Father, we ask right now that you would uh, bring healing and strength to Amy as she heads to the hospital. I thank you for the paramedics and the you know doctors and nurses and everyone that is working in our medical system, whether it's a medical uh, solution or a spiritual solution or both. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Where are we? We are in Berthed now. Carlos, Berthed, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Or Bennett, Colorado. Sorry. Bennett, Colorado. Carlos, you're on the air. Um, hello? Hey, this Carlos, you're on the air. Berthed. Mark and Berthed. All right. Hello we'll to- take you first. Mark, Mark. go for it. <laughs> um, uh, I've been reading your book, uh, Troubled Heart, recently, because okay. um, a month ago yesterday I lost my wife. Mm, I'm sorry. Uh, in a battle with cancer. Yeah. Um, I'm just, uh, and everybody tells me, don't worry, she's in a better place. And, and uh, as comforting as those words are meant to be, it's still... Uh, doesn't alleviate the grief, and uh, and it's still kind of, in a way, hard for me to believe. Somewhere there's nagging thoughts from I went through college in the 80s, and and it, they seemed to try and burn out faith of anybody yes. at that time, and the culture was yes. just unfriendly to it and, and wants to take you away from God and belief, and I just uh, I just need a a word of encouragement. So that I can know that my Valerie is present with the Lord. Yes. Well, I have full confidence in the Word of God, in my personal walk with the Lord, uh, that your precious Valerie is in the presence of the Lord. By faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says, those that are born again, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
And not only that, but she's been taken out of the body that has been causing her a lot of heartache and pain, um, all of the negative things that came with cancer. Look, you know, even saying that right now, it doesn't make us feel any better. We still have our loss and we still have our pain and we still miss them and we still long to be with them. And what you're experiencing is normal. It's normal. And I know everybody wants to push you along and everybody has, you know, they're wanting to encourage you, Mark, I know. Um, And I know it's not all that encouraging to hear it. Um, But over time, you know, you never get over this. So even people saying, oh, you'll get over it. You will never get over this, but you will move forward. You've made it this far and God has been faithful. And there, there are these stages of what God's doing in your life. There's stages of grief. Um, there's healing, but you'll always miss her. It's your wife. Uh, you'll always miss her. You'll always have thoughts about her. You'll always have memories. Um, and those are, those are gifts that God has given to you, even though at the moment they don't really feel like gifts all that much. Um, my, my wife just rearranged my office. Uh, she, she remodeled it actually. We're using it as kind of a studio and, and now my desk faces a new wall and I've got pictures of my family on that wall. And I have a picture of my son there. One of my favorite episodes with him when we went to California. And I have a picture of my grandson there. Uh, with the only, I only have one picture that exists between with me, my son, uh, and my grandson. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of frozen in time because life is so different now. And, you know, it hurts every time I see him but it also brings hope. And so, Lord, please strengthen Mark, encourage him, and help him, Lord, in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.